Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Sports today. Fantasy Sports today as we wrap up the month of February here on the show and we push toward Fantasy Baseball Draft Month, which is coming your way. We do have one more day in February as the 29th, a rare 29th we got tomorrow. I am Craig Mish along with Frank Stample here on the show. We're going to carry you all the way through uh, 1 o'clock Eastern. we got a lot on the show prepared for you today as uh, I'm getting ready to get out of town. Yeah, I'm getting ready to... Participate for the first time in the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Draft. And, uh, you know, every year I've participated in the Tout Wars, which, uh, for those of you who are familiar with it, it is uh, considered one of probably the two or three sort of expert drafts that are out there. And I know that the word expert has kind of taken on a different meaning, I think, over the last few years, especially with the invent of the NFBC and a lot of folks playing at the very uh, big high stakes leagues as well. But for me this year, unfortunately, I uh, couldn't make two trips this year. So the one that I'm going to make, and they moved uh, labor to Florida, which is where I live, albeit I probably could get to New York faster than get to Clearwater, Florida, which is where the draft is this year, uh, by plane to New York as opposed to by car here in Florida. But uh, looking forward to that. And uh, I will be participating in the labor mixed league auction which will be Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern. So a little bit later in the show, I've got some options of players that I think that I'm going to be looking at, trying to bid on, and Frank will go over it with me. We'll see if how many of the players that we talk about today that I'll end up with my team on Monday. So we'll get to that today on the show as well. Uh, also an injury update to a pitcher on the Los Angeles Angels. We'll get to that in just a second. One of the possibly uh, better upside pitchers going into the season. The Angels are already... You know, just kind of hurting and being behind the eight ball as far as pitching is concerned. This has been no secret. This has been going on for many years with them. They've had a hard time really finding viable pitchers, both in reality and fantasy. So we'll get to that. We also have a little three up, three down for you here on the show. But first and foremost, before we do any of that, we're going to have a sports grid update coming up here. And boy, there is a lot going on in sports. It is, uh, by the way, you know what? The other thing that's great about this time of the year, now it's a little cool here in Florida, but one of the great times uh, is the... Uh, the, the weather is getting warmer, and so, of course, we have golf happening as well. So let's turn it over to Dan Strafford. He's got your Sports Grid radio update. Well, Craig, starting with that uh, Angels pitcher, an MRI revealed Griffin Canning has chronic changes to the UCL as well as acute joint irritation in his right elbow. 
Kenning will go for more tests, but anytime there is damage to a UCL for a starting pitcher, Tommy John surgery can't be far behind. The Brewers have signed right-handed pitcher Freddie Peralta to a five-year, $15.5 million contract extension with club options for 2025 and 2026. Red Sox interim manager Ron Renecki said Friday that Xander Bogarts could be ready to play in games within a few days. Bogarts reported to camp with a sore ankle. Rays pitching prospect Brent Honeywell will throw his first bullpen session of the spring on Friday. Honeywell missed the 2018 season while recovering from Tommy John surgery and then the 2019 campaign after fracturing his elbow while throwing off a mound in the NBA. Nine games, make that ten games on tap tonight. Some high-scoring affairs should be in the offing. Nets at Hawks, a 234.5 over-under. Cavaliers at the Pelicans, a 237 over-under. New Orleans minus 12 favorites in that one. And the Wizards are at the Jazz, 232.5 over-under in that one with Utah favored by 10.5. Closing out with some NFL notes, the Athletic Stephen Holder reports the Colts are vetting free agent Phillip Rivers and the Chicago Sun-Times Jason Lazor reports the Bears are planning to pursue impending free agent Austin Hooper, who will walk away from the Atlanta Falcons. I'm Dan Straffer and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. As we get back to fantasy sports today and bring in my co-host today, as always, Frank Stample. Frank, uh, good morning. It's Friday, casual Friday. I always like to do the casual Friday thing for me, although we are uh, on television. How are things going in uh, New York City? You ready for a big weekend? Doing very well, Craig. It's cold here in New York City. I know you're dealing with the frozen tundra that is Florida right now. Watch out for those iguanas falling out of trees. Yeah, casual Friday. Don't have a collar on. Probably going to get yelled at by someone. I still got some buttons up here, though. So uh, somewhat casual. You're right about that. But it's Friday, man. We're excited. The weekend is here. You've got the labor auction coming up this weekend, the League of Alternative Baseball Reality. So I know you're excited about that. Uh, how's everything else going, Craig? How, how's your kids doing? Because I know that I know they were dealing with some illnesses. Everybody, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, all these years we've been very fortunate to not get hit by the big flu. And we got hit by it this year for sure with my son, although he is, you know, starting to feel a little bit better. And, you know, game one of the Little League season is on Sunday and uh, he's questionable, I got to say, at the very best uh, right now for that, Frank. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Final practice tomorrow is definitely a no go, but maybe Sunday he'll be able to suit up and play. 3.30 Eastern time right here on SportsGrid. No, uh, okay. <laughs> let's get a camera so crew down the there. <laughs> in, yeah, let's get, a, let's, let's get a crew. We can uh, draft my son's Little League team. He'd probably be like third-round pick, fourth-round pick, something like that. Uh, okay, so another injury in fantasy, and, and this one is you know certainly of, of the tough variety. Angels are really weird, by the way. They've had so many pitching injuries through the years. I mean, Garrett Richards has been hurt on and off. Andrew Heaney has been hurt on and off. It's like a, a bizarre squad, I think, as it pertains to that, even Otani got hurt too. Uh, now Griffin Canning, who I think that we had a lot of high hopes for going into the fantasy baseball season. I remember looking at his over-under win total. It was like uh, seven and a half or six and a half going into the season. I was discussing this, uh, I believe, about a week ago, and I was kind of leaning on the over toward this because I feel like there's some – Good skill set there, but, uh, you know, big chronic changes, as they're calling it, to his UCL. And uh, somebody that's now, you know, we're going to do a little bit later a segment called Off the Board, which inevitably means players that we're not going to take that are anywhere close to their ADP or even at their auction value. But Griffin Canning is pretty much like, Frank, off the board. Like, you, you were really silly taking him in any draft right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough injury to deal with right now when it comes to Griffin Canning and the entire Angels rotation. They might want to revisit that trade with the Dodgers to uh, try and bring back Ross Stripling. I remember Artie Moreno stepped in and basically vetoed the trade because it was, quote, taking too long between the Angels and Dodgers. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Griffin Canning is dealing with uh, chronic changes to his UCL. No surgery as of now, but the back end of that rotation, Craig, is looking questionable at best Patrick Sandoval, Jose Suarez, two guys that have, you know, put up some numbers in the minor leagues in the past. Last year we saw Jose Suarez uh, and both and Patrick Sandoval in the majors. They both really did not perform well at the major league level. You know, the name that I'll throw out there as maybe a dark horse candidate, a former top prospect with the Braves, has dealt with a ton of off the field issues, a ton of injuries as well. Luis Gohara, Craig, remember the name with the Atlanta Braves? Luis Gohara is pitching with the Angels right now in spring training. Seems like, I guess he's fighting for a rotation spot here. The top three seem set with Julio Tehran, Andrew Heaney, as long as Heaney's healthy, uh, and then Dylan Bundy, your favorite Dylan Bundy. So uh, any interest in Luis Gohara? Do you have any, I don't know, maybe inside information because... You know, covering the Marlins inside the National League East, you know, maybe, you know, you've had some contact with the Braves uh, when Gohara was with the organization. Anything on Luis Gohara, Craig? Uh, yeah, I mean, he looks a lot like a linebacker. And uh, <laughs> I recall him, I recall him being a very hairy man. That's my inside information on Luis Gohara. Seriously. Uh, yeah, I have no interest whatsoever in drafting him. Uh, I don't know what it is about the Angels. They just, I mean, Frank, it's like one of those organizational type things. You know, the other pitcher that I forgot about that also showed a lot of promise early in his career with the Angels also had issues with the injuries was uh, Matt Shoemaker. That was another guy that I thought that uh, potentially could be there. But look, um, you're right. Maybe the Angels dip back into uh, the possibility of Ross Stripling. I know that there are some other teams out there that have a potential six or seven starters in camp. And then, of course, there are those free agents out there that are still unsigned. I'm guessing there's probably a handful of them out there that did get gigs that would still be willing to sign. But from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, do they call Matt Harvey again, Frank? Like, really? Like, what are they down to? Oof, the Dark Knight. I don't think the Dark Knight has anything left in the tank here, Craig. Yeah, uh, we're going to have to see what the Angels wind up doing. And maybe they have to... Pull Otani, uh, pull up that date for Otani for when he's going to start pitching. I don't think that that's something that they want to do, but uh, it's a situation that might call for it again. Otani's not going to pitch until the middle of May. That's what they've said, and I think that timeline makes sense because they want him available for later on in the season. Hopefully, when they're making a playoff push. But it, I always thought it was curious, Craig, that they went out and signed Anthony Rendon. Obviously, they were in on Garrett Cole, or you know, so they say that they were in right. on Garrett Cole. But you know, as soon as they miss out on Cole, the next day they go out and they sign Anthony Rendon to all this money and the one thing that they've always struggled with is pitching and and a workhorse and and getting someone at the top of that rotation and you know I think at the time most people thought that they would be in on Hinge and Ryu but he hasn't really been the model of health either or consistency with the Los Angeles Dodgers so I don't know how much sense that would have made you know maybe a Dallas Keuchel would have made more sense for this team because while not spectacular He's someone that's going to give you innings. So uh, this always seems to be an issue for the Angels. I know Julio Tehran is dealing with something right now. He was scratched from his spring training start the other day. Uh, when you're depending on Andrew Heaney and Dylan Bundy potentially at the top of your rotation, Craig, it's not really a spot you want to be in. No. I mean, look, they could also call Bartolo Colon, Frank. You know, he's oh, still Former Angel? You know, that's, that's, 
Isn't he playing in like the Mexico League right now? I saw something about that. He's he's is, is suiting it, up at like forty five, three hundred and fifty pounds, whatever he is. And why not? Why not? <laughs> he's got a rubber arm. You so know the, I mean, the guy the other, can give you like six, seven. You innings. know the other pitcher. The other pitcher who never signed with anyone, and it really caught me off guard. And uh, it's been two years since he's pitched. R.A. Dickey, whatever happened to him, man? Like, I mean, he's I a knuckleballer, right? He was 70. You don't need to be able to throw hard. You just got to be able to throw the knuckleball. I mean, you should yeah. be able to throw that into your, what, 50s? Or not? I would sign R.A. Dickey. <laughs> throw him back out there. See what he's got. Got nothing to lose, really. Three up, three down is next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Today, time for a little three up, three down here on the show. As Craig and Frank here with you until one o'clock, and we got a little three up, three down. These are trending topics uh, here on the show, so let's get right to them. I'll start off, Frank, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Uh, Baltimore's Chris Davis hit his second home run of the spring. Is it time that Chris Davis is back fantasy relevant yet again? He was considering retiring in the offseason. So far, he has looked like, at the very least, he can play again. And, of course, the Orioles will take anybody that they can get at that position. So, hard to say that anybody is back after spring training home runs, but at least that's what's trending up to start off our 3-up, three 3-down three segment. Uh, also, this from the NFL Combine, showing how ridiculous, in fact, the NFL Combine is. Arizona State punter Michael Turk is out bench-pressing all of the tight ends that are at the Combine. So, what does that mean? That the punter stronger than the tight ends does that mean that the punter can catch footballs i have no idea but the fact that this is even a thing just tells you that a lot of this stuff is indeed really meaningless and imagine being by the way one of those tight ends that is watching this punter go out and just basically outlift you on the spot there that can't be a good thing so uh another combine story for the ages and then finally frank this is one that you're going to want to catch on netflix a new show uh, called Love is Blind, Blind, B-L-I-N-D, where contestants are partnering up into uh, dating pods where they can hear each other but not see each other, and they're going to have to become engaged and agree to marry in order of a matter of weeks uh, in order to actually meet. So this is uh, a, basically a conversation in a pod. It sounds very bizarre. But uh, it's going to drag me in, Frank, because I am a big guy uh, into Netflix and big uh, on-demand type guy. So Love is Blind coming to Netflix. Meet via pods and get married within weeks. I like the concept. 
Definitely has my attention as well. I mean, this is going to be a true test of the saying, beauty is only skin deep. We'll get to see how shallow people really are, Craig. I love this idea. So something to pay attention to. Netflix's Love is Blind. Something I thought about today uh, as well. You know, we don't need dating apps anymore. If you want to find someone, the love of your life, just ride the L train in New York City from Brooklyn to Manhattan between 8 and 9 a.m. every single day. Craig, I kid you not. I almost filed a police report. I texted my fiance because you're packed in this car like a sardine, man. I'm telling you, you you will meet people you didn't even know exist, and you will feel things that you didn't know existed either, Craig. So I'll just I'll throw that out there. You don't need an app. Just ride the L totally train in uh in from Brooklyn to Manhattan from eight to nine a.m. Uh, on a Friday morning, and you'll feel just fine. Trending up for me, Tyler Beatty, two shutout innings, two Ks. I'm telling you, Craig. Pay attention to this kid. I know that you are skeptical when it comes to the San Francisco Giants organization. I'm telling you, I, I got a feel for Tyler Beatty. I, I I feel some kind of Lucas Giolito type, maybe not to the extent of Lucas Giolito, but a post-hype prospect who can have success finally pitching in the rotation with the San Francisco Giants. I just, I've got a feeling when it comes to Tyler Beatty, trending up for me based on what he did in his first spring, uh, spring start yesterday. Lewis Brinson, Craig. And I got to throw the name out there. He hit his second home run of the spring. And obviously, you could talk about this more. And I'll throw it over to you for trending down. Maybe before that, you could just touch on Lewis Brinson because hit his second home run. Remember, he was a top prospect that came over in the trade, uh, in the Christian Yelich trade. And is there any hope is the question that I will pose to Craig Mish when it comes to Lewis Brinson. And last but not least, trending up for me, Michael Smith strikes perfection. Who is Michael Smith? Well, he is a professional dart player. He was the first Premier League player to do to pull off the nine darter since 2017. What is a nine darter? So if you've ever played the game 501 in darts, it's basically you bring the score down, you accomplish 501 points in nine darts. Basically, you have to hit triple 20s six times in a row, and then there's like a whole other assortment of three different darts that you have to hit in order to achieve the nine darter. Craig, are you a great dart player? Have you ever played 501? Have you ever played cricket? I actually enjoy darts myself. I used to have a dartboard in my basement. Uh, this is actually pretty awesome. If you have the chance, go out, check it out. Uh, the audio and the video of this, the announcers, the crowd just goes absolutely crazy. The first darter, uh, the first nine darter since 2017. Are you interested, Craig? And what about Lewis Brinson? Any hope there, Craig? Yeah, I, I was not a huge uh, dart player, but, you know, when you're out, every once in a while you'll play. And, um, you know, I, was, I guess I was okay at it, but, I, you know, very casual dart player as far as that's concerned. Uh, Frank Lewis Brinson did the same exact thing last spring. I don't think that you can get too excited here. There's got to be some massive changes to the regular season. And the other problem is, is that there's still the idea that I'm just not sure that although he, he has seemed to be mentally prepared to take on the challenge of what's been in front of him the last three years, whenever he's kind of gone through struggles, there have been some really deep funks. So uh, I'm not really going to believe anything uh, in spring training. I'm going to have to see it during the regular season with him because this is the third year in a row that we're going through this in the spring. Um, okay, so I'll start off with my trending down. I mean, this is just too bad to be true. You know how they say something is too good to be true? This is too bad to be true. Are you kidding me? Crocodile Dundee? Another one of these movies? I mean, we haven't seen this guy Paul Hogan in 30 years. Probably been in other stuff. I don't even know. Uh, the new movie called The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. And, uh, yeah, this is a real deal type movie. Uh, apparently, Olivia Newton-John is in this. 
Uh, John Cleese is in this, and uh, Chevy Chase as well. I, I gotta tell you, there's very little chance of this movie being anything but a disaster. I mean, Crocodile Dundee was funny back in the day when uh, it was like that fish out of water story, Frank. I mean, you've seen these before. Like, guy goes to the, he's from Australia, he goes to the United States, that's a knife, I've got a knife. Oh, that's not a knife, i got a knife. You know, that kind of stuff. Probably has really bad fun. But, I mean, these movies are done. Uh, Crocodile Dundee does not age well if you go back and watch it now. And then they did a second movie where, uh, like, he's, like, now married to the woman he meets. They're living in New York. The second one was just a disaster. I mean, I, they, they, I don't know who came up with this idea. My guess is this is, like, straight to Amazon Prime or Hulu or Netflix, but who knows? Craig, would you say um, that okay, the movie is done, D? There you go. I like that. <laughs> a little, little pun there from Frank Stample. It does not have my stamp of approval. Ah, oh, gosh. Even better. Even better. Okay, on that note, uh, also trending down, Marcelo Zuda tells the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that he regrets not taking the qualifying offer with St. Louis when it was first offered to him. Of course, after that, he had a couple of three-year deals. I believe one was with Texas. Uh, you know, ended up turning it down. I don't know if Colorado, Cincinnati, I think those were the other teams as a possibility, but not enough money. But here's the lesson that's to be learned from this. And of course, Frank, no one's talking about this. This is the truth. Here's the bottom line is that Marcelo Zuna, uh, in the middle of last season, decided that he wanted to potentially entertain a long-term extension with the Cardinals, and his agent was Scott Boris. And of course, Boris is not a fan of doing long-term extensions before you hit free agency. And in the last 20 years, the only one that I remember of any significance, honestly, was Steven Strasburg, who bet on himself a little bit and also did have some opt-outs. So the moral of the story is this, no matter how you feel, about Scott Boris as an agent, as a person, or anything else, you don't fire Scott Boris three months before free agency and switch to another agent. It's a bad idea. It was a mistake that Ozuna made. And I think that the result would have been a lot different had he just gone down the path with the Boris Corporation on the free agency. The success odds there are, what, 90% of the guys end up doing well. Every once in a while, a guy doesn't get signed and, and does the you know one-year pillow deal, but... You don't do that during the season. It's a bad idea. Uh, and also trending down for me, the flu. Uh, man, the flu has uh, caught my son and my young son in a bad way. Uh, I got to say that it was a mistake not getting the flu shot this year. And I would recommend that uh, for those of you who haven't had it yet and definitely get it next year. So that is trending down on my end. And it's my fault, too, on the, my third topic today. That's what's trending down for me, Frank. How about you? So this is an interesting one here, Craig, because some people might consider this trending up, but Dylan Carlson is tearing up the spring right now, betting 455, 1299 OPS in all but 11 at-bats, but his ADP is moving up. So that's why I have this trending down, because he's somebody I actually want to target, and I want to get in a few drafts, but th this happens every single spring. Guys start to have you know big springs, and then the next thing you know, they start to move up around two, three rounds in drafts, and... Uh, I don't like to see that part of it from a fantasy perspective. So he's playing well, but this is a trending down topic for me because I don't want his ADP to move up. I want Dylan Carlson to continue to be a sleeper like I considered him when we did our outfield preview. My second trending down topic here, Craig, is the T-Wolves were fined. I don't know if you saw this. The T-Wolves were fined for resting D'Angelo Russell. What about all the other teams that, that are resting players? So the Timberwolves were fined $25,000 for resting D'Angelo Russell, uh, and apparently the resting policy limits teams from sitting healthy players in, quote, high-profile, nationally televised game. Sunday's game was on NBA TV. 
the Nuggets against the Timberwolves. The Nuggets are a great team. The Nuggets versus Timberwolves is not a high-profile matchup. What about Russell Westbrook? He sat out a bunch of the second night of back-to-back so far this season. What about everything with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George all season long, dating back to last year with the Los Angeles Clippers? LeBron James sitting out games last year with the Los Angeles Lakers. Where are the fines for those teams? I can't believe that, you know, they're going to hit up the Minnesota Timberwolves, but not some of these other, you know, you want to talk about high profile? What about the high profile players and teams that are sitting out as well? My final trending down topic, Crocodile Dundee, we want you to go away. The same thing could be said for Goldberg when it comes to WWE. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched WWE Super Showdown yet, plug your ears, shut off the show for the next 10 seconds. Goldberg defeats the fiend Bray Wyatt who they were building up as this unstoppable force and who does he get beat by a 50 plus year old Goldberg Craig of all people this is the problem with wrestling right now they bring back Goldberg they bring back the rock they bring back Undertaker they're not building any more stars nowadays Craig they're just bringing back all these old wrestlers to squash the young guys what's going on here Craig yeah, I wish I could tell you. Um, I, I was a big a WWF wrestling fan back in the day. I used to go to all of the shows, but and Glow, Frank. Then I uh, grew, and Glow. That's right. I was a big Glow fan. But then I grew up, Frank. You know, I went to college, <laughs> and uh, some other things may have happened in, in college. You know, and in life. And then again, I'm here doing fantasy baseball, kind of full circle. Okay, we'll take a quick time out on fantasy sports today, and we'll be right back with some off the board players. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank back here with you on this Friday at one more day of February. And then you know what time it is, Frank, in the month of March, one of my favorite months of the year. I know that we look at, you know, football is a great month too. August and September, college football. Uh, of course, pro football comes back, but March is great. You got all of the golf tournaments starting back up again uh, on the PGA Tour. You're gearing toward the Masters in April. You have the NCAA basketball tournament. The NBA gets toward the playoffs. Then, of course, baseball has its uh, its draft month. And so, you know, for me, uh, February has always been fun. And I know that, uh, you know, where you live, the weather starts to get a little bit warmer usually around that time. But this is really where you make or break your fantasy season. Yeah, we hope the weather gets warmer in March. Uh, we've actually been pretty lucky in New York throughout winter. You know, knock on wood. I don't have any wood around me right now. But uh, we haven't really had any big snowstorms or anything. So hopefully that doesn't come throughout March. You're right about that. Uh, hopefully the weather continues to get better. And it's go time, man. March is, you mentioned it, fantasy baseball That's draft right. month. I mean, my draft month is, you know, all dating back to January. But, uh, well, you know. We're not going to talk about that, Craig. I don't want to rile you up here on a Friday. Uh, but, yes, excited for March. March Madness uh, and, obviously, fantasy baseball and the MLB season kicking off later in the month. So uh, very excited for this time of year, Craig. 
Yep, for sure. Okay, so uh, look, there's always uh, going to be players that I, I think we have stronger opinions on that we wouldn't take in a fantasy draft. Now, the the general narrative, I think, for a lot of people and people who are in our space and do what we do is they say, oh, I'll never take this guy. Oh, he's off my board. And, uh, you know, that's that's partially true. But I never use that in terms of being 100% because I feel like there's always a spot for someone in a draft. Now, look, Luis Severino, that's a different situation. Guy's out for the year. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about players who are either coming off bad performances or just have an average draft position that we're really not big fans of. And so Frank and I have compiled a list of those for you. And I'll go ahead and tell you a few of the players that I'm looking at right now that I just really don't have a lot of interest in taking in 2020. So uh, clearly, Yasil Puig is one of those on my uh, on my board that I'm not going to be taking this year. I've talked about him at length. I tweeted out almost a month ago the variance of different things that could possibly happen with Puig, meaning that he could sign tomorrow, he could sign in a week, and he could not sign at all. Uh, I just don't think that wherever he ends up is going to be a good situation because any team that wants him right now wants him on the cheap so they can see what he has and then eventually trade him on July 31st. So uh, Puig is definitely still, no matter where he's at in the draft, not somebody that I'm targeting. And even wherever he ends up, remember, it's going to take some time for him to get ready. Uh, any player that is a, is a pitcher right now that is unsigned or struggling through injury, you can pretty much eliminate April because they have to have a full month. Any hitter, they have a few days. Like you, you, They have like another week until you really have to start worrying about April. I don't think we're quite year, uh, there yet because, it, you know, Puig was to sign, let's say, today or tomorrow. He still could get into some spring training games toward the end, but we're uh, trending toward that not happening. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, for me, I had him one year, and, uh, I, you know, I don't think I'll ever take him again. Uh, Syndergaard was just one of those guys. He's, you know, to me, one of the few Gronkowskis of fantasy. You know, it's like you always have that promise that it's all going to come together in a certain season. And he's come close a couple of times. And you know what? In comparison to a lot of SP3s in fantasy, if he's dropping in a draft, sure. But I don't want Syndergaard as my SP2. I just I just don't. I just think there's so much risk there. Uh, there's always something happening. It's always that's so Mets. We've heard that expression being used before. And he is, in all likelihood, not somebody that I'm going to have going into the year. I already went through this already uh, two different times. Uh, Carlos Correa is another. And this is sad for me because I picked him to win the MVP a couple of years ago. Uh, a dynamic player when he's on the field, but just way too many injuries and issues. And if you remember back to last year, he was just kind of cruising along. And then all of a sudden, it was a massage that he got hurt. Like, I mean, of all the things, a massage, somebody cracked a rib doing that. Um, you know, the Astros stuff that's kind of surrounding him, I get that too. When I talked to Alex Bregman the other day, he thought that Correa was going to have a career year. Uh, I wouldn't expect Alex to say anything less of, of his teammate for sure. But for me... Uh, not no longer in round one, round two, round three, uh, you know, round four, Carlos Correa. I'll take another shortstop. Uh, at the closer position, I'm out on Craig Kimbrell. I just think it's all catching up to him in terms of age. The only thing that Kimbrell has going for him more than some of these other guys on the list is that uh, they really don't have a strong backup option with the Cubs if something was to go wrong with Kimbrell. So, Instead of being one of those guys that blows two or three saves and loses his gig, I could see him potentially being put in a lower leverage situation and getting the gig back again. And you can't say that for some of those first-time or second-time closers. So Kimbrell is on my no-draft list as well. And then finally, Hunjin Ryu of the Toronto Blue Jays, one of the more bizarre signings for me. 
uh, for a couple of different reasons, Frank. Uh, I get that the Blue Jays are young, and I and I get that they have three young offensive players to kind of complement everything that's going on in their organization. But to me, what I would have done if I was the Blue Jays is I would have taken a, a hard look at it and said, you know something, we are not as good as Tampa. We are not as good as the Yankees. And we're probably even even without Mookie Betts, I don't think that we're as good as Boston either. So the thing is, Frank, with the with the Jays is that they have this passionate fan base, very similar to the ones in New York and St. Louis and San Francisco. And it's really hard for them to send the message in back-to-back years that they're not really trying. And if you remember, Frank, right before opening day last year, I believe it was the night before they traded Kevin Pillar to San Francisco. Uh, and, and their pitchers all got hurt very quickly, and their season was over, and they ended up losing a ton of games. I, that's the problem is that they can't do that two years in a row. But, like, I, I don't, I would have went with, like, a one-year type pitcher as opposed to investing all this money in, in Hunjin Ryu because I, I don't think that Toronto's competing for anything except for competing back to show their fans they're winning. And I get it. It's the right approach to spend money in baseball, and I want to see that done. But with this in particular – uh, he's going to get beat up, I think, by the Yankees, going to get beat up by Boston, the Rays, too. Uh, pitching in Baltimore is never easy. And they're not going to – I don't think they're going to be winning anything this year. So what will Hunchin Ryu even be next year? And they signed up to a multi-year contract. So uh, I just did like the signing, and I'm I just not a huge fan of going from the NL to the AL in this spot. Yeah, and the projection systems on Fangraphs agree with you, Craig. I mean, they've been really uh, out on Hinge and Rio. A lot of them have projected for a near four ERA. That seems a little egregious to me. I mean, the guy has pitched to a sub three ERA in his career, 2.98. I think it's a good point that you bring up that, you know, obviously they're probably not going to compete. There's a lot of people that have been excited about the Blue Jays heading into this year. I think that they're on the right track, and obviously they have a lot of really young, talented players, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette. But let's not forget, I mean, a lot of these guys are only in their second year, so... Maybe, you know, a couple yeah, of years exactly. into this Ryu contract, they'll start to compete, but it's probably not going to be until the back end of that contract, uh, if anything. And if you look at the rest of that rotation, it's really um, not a great one either. I mean, outside of Ryu, I mean, they have a, a couple of retreads, Tanner Roark and Chase Anderson. So I don't really have a lot of faith in that Blue Jays rotation. Uh, so I can agree with you on uh, on Ryu. Uh, I just think that the projection systems are going a little bit too far. I think he'll probably, when he pitches, he'll still be all right, you know, mid to high three E. ERA, uh, nowhere near what he did last year, but I think that the projections are, are a little bit too far off when it comes to Hyunjin Ryu. All right, some of the players that are off my board, and I've spoken about some of these players uh, in terms of bust at when we were doing our position previews, but I have Whit Merrifield here uh, as one of my players that's off my board, and he's fine. He is what he is. He's going to hit for a good batting average. Uh, the stolen bases went from 45 in 2018 to just 20 last year. So if he's really not excelling in stolen bases, which is what you want him to do, uh, yes, he'll give you a good batting average. But how much better is he going to be uh, than you know what he was a couple of years ago? It kind of feels like we're ba- uh, we're drafting him based on that 2018, not really baking in the fact that you know the Royals lineup is it is what it is it's fine it's nothing crazy um but i just don't really like where he's going in like that fourth round range i could find a player with more upside uh craig he's going over guys like manny machado who i know you love i love this upcoming season uh yuan mancada i just couldn't get behind taking whit merrifield over players like that who i think have much higher upside than him this season jose altuve another name who has dealt with a ton of injuries the past couple of seasons alex bregman you spoke about what he said uh about carlos correa Said something similar about Jose Altuve. Obviously, he's going to prop up his teammates. What else is he going to say? He thinks Altuve could get back to stealing 30 bases. 
Alex Bregman, I'll take the under on that when it comes to Jose Altuve. The stolen bases have been trending down. He only had six stolen bases last year. He's dealt with hamstring injuries, knee injuries. He had a career year in terms of power last year. Uh, this reminds me a little bit of Paul Goldschmidt, Craig, where we didn't really want to accept that he was kind of falling off the past couple of years. And I think Jose Altuve is someone who's going to continue to trend down. And, you know, next year, maybe he'll be a fifth, sixth round pick. I don't really like where he's going as well uh, compared to other second basemen, guys like Ozzy Albies, who I think are trending in the right direction, uh, guys like Kettle Marte. So uh, just in terms of the ADP and the second base landscape in general, I don't like where Jose Altuve is going. Aaron Judge. You know, I said it about Giancarlo Stanton that I was worried about the injuries. Stanton's going to start the year on the IL most likely. Aaron Judge, we still haven't seen him play a single game in spring training. Now, that can change very quickly. I understand that. But he's going in the second, third round range in 15-team leagues, Craig. I mean, that is a lot to invest in a player that we haven't seen play in spring training yet. So I'm worried about Aaron Judge. And again, the outfield position is deep. You're taking Aaron Judge over players who also have very high upside. I mean, George Springer just had a monster year. He's in a contract year. Charlie Blackman, undervalued once again. Austin Meadows finally broke out last year. These are all players I would rather have than Judge because Judge is not healthy right now and has dealt with a ton of injuries the past couple of seasons. This is a name that's a little bit lower down draft boards, Craig. Mike Miner. Maybe he's, you know, your SP4, SP5, someone you target to give you innings. But last season when it came to Mike Miner, really struggled in the second half. Had a 4.93 ERA in the second half here, Craig. And he was someone who, you know, he he was very good last year in general. 3.59 ERA. The underlying numbers don't really support that. 4.60 XFIP allows a lot of hard contact, a very high whip as well. Uh, so Mike Miner, someone I'm not going to have. And all the Rockies starting pitchers, Craig, I'm tired of hearing about Herman Marquez and John Gray and all the strikeout upside. I'm not fooling around. I don't want any Colorado Rockies starting pitchers on my team, Craig. Yeah, it's just time to give up on that journey. If somebody works out, great, but only in an NFPC deep league. That's it. Coming up next, some pitchers got their velo up and down. We'll go through it listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Also, players that we love. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you. And we got you till 1 o'clock here on the East. Frank will be back for the BFFs a little bit later. He and Greg Sussman with you guys on the show. I'm headed to the Clearwater area. I believe it's in Clearwater. The hotel is St. Pete Clearwater, so we'll see. Uh, but I'm headed to do my draft on Sunday, still trying to figure out when I'm going to be leaving. In a normal situation, Frank, I would be doing this show and then getting in the car and then going. Uh, but you can't leave your son behind being so sick. So 
I don't know. May have to be a drive up and do the draft and figure it all out. We'll see. But I definitely will be uh, in that a little bit later in the show for those of you who are looking to compete against me um, and beat me, most likely. Anyway, I don't think that you need the help to beat me. But if you did, uh, I'm going to go through some of the players that I'm targeting in labor this weekend. I don't care. You guys want to outbid me? Have at it. You guys and girls, I should say. There's uh, Girls in the draft, too. Andrea Lamont in this draft. Uh, okay, so uh, Leap Day. Tomorrow, an extra day in February. What does that mean? It's like huge in the world. No, not really. But it is Leap Day as far as fantasy is too, Frank. And there are always going to be players that are outside the average draft position that you really feel should get a little bit of a boost. A couple of years ago, my big one was Ozzy Albies, and that one turned out to be a big hit for me uh, a couple of years ago. One of the better calls that I've had. I spoke to him in the spring. He told me 200 hits was the goal. And I'm like, wow, 200 hits. Then I go over to the manager. The manager's like, yeah, I think he's got a shot at 200 hits. I'm like, all right, that's it. That's enough. In on Ozzy Alpes. That's the kind of interviews and analysis I try to bring to you guys. We'll do more of that next week. So uh, I I don't know that there was anything specific that I caught at spring training over the last week, although I will say that one player, yes, only based on one performance, but based on that performance, there's no question that if uh, Kim, the pitcher on St. Louis, uh, if I'm looking at two or three pitchers that are about the same, Frank, I'm going to take the guy Kim. Uh, There's no doubt about that. Like, I I wouldn't move him up 50 spots, but if I'm debating over a couple of players because I saw the guy pitch and I saw a little bit of his arsenal and the way that he works, that's going to influence me on that. Are there any players that you've been influenced thus far that either things have happened in the spring, in the first week, I know it's really only been a week, or just the way that the ADP is trending, have you changed your opinion on players that are kind of a little bit later on in the draft that you want to move up come draft day? Yeah, so I think the point of this exercise is you're, you're trying to find players who have that ultimate upside, right? And, you know, I was looking back at my main event draft from last year, and I was trying to see, you know, who was someone who jumped the most from last year to this year in terms of ADP? And Kettle Marte is someone who was going in, like, the 13th, 14th round, outside the top 180 picks last year, and now we're drafting him inside the top three, four rounds of fantasy baseball drafts. So uh, I wanted to see who who are the players that have the upside that are going outside that top 180, top 200 range who can really outperform their value and potentially be a high-round pick uh, heading into next year's drafts. And, you know, you spoke about spring training, and I think one of the names that stands out is Joe Adele, right? Everyone is talking about him as, you know, one of the top prospects in baseball. He's a five-tool player, uh, hasn't necessarily put up monster numbers in the minors yet. Last Last year, between three different levels, hit 289, 834 OPS, 10 home runs, 7 steals. There's no doubt he has the power-speed combination. It's just a matter of when. It's not if with Joe Adele. And I, I read you a quote from Joe Madden earlier in the week that said, yeah, he, he's going to be up here soon. He, he's going to join the big league roster uh, sooner rather than later. So maybe it's late April. Maybe it's early May. And look at someone like Fernando Tatis. We only needed 85 games around 85 games out of Fernando Tatis for him to be a first-round pick. So if Joe Adele comes up April, May, you know, shows off some of that power-speed combination, obviously hitting in a really good lineup, imagine an outfield with Mike Trout and Joe Adele in it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, he's one of those players who's going you know, outside the top 200 who I could see making a big impact this year. Maybe he'll give you 15 to 20 home runs, double-digit stolen bases with a good average, and he's someone that we're talking about as potentially a top you know, four- or five-round player heading into next year. Uh, also on that list is Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel, I think we know, all, has all the talent in the world here, Craig. He's just dealing with injuries. And, and we've seen this before where 
players get pushed down the board because of injuries throughout spring. And he is one of those names right now who over the past two weeks has an ADP around 225. Let's not forget what he did last year as a rookie, first year in the bigs, 104 games, 12 home runs, 14 stolen bases, 55 runs scored, solid on base percentage at 315 as well. And he's shown us to hit tool in the minors leagues. I mean, he's someone who's consistently hit over 300. Uh, it's just a matter of health. Coming off shoulder surgery in the offseason, maybe he misses the first couple of weeks of the season. Playing time is sporadic here with the Cincinnati Reds. But I think, you know, if everything plays out right, starts to get his feet under him, ends up being healthy, earns a spot every day in that lineup, I think one of the better lineups in the National League here, Craig, in a really good ballpark. Uh, Nick Senzel is someone, again, like Joe Adele, who has that power-speed combination and has that prospect status. He's someone who, again, if you're just shooting for upside later on in your drafts outside the top 200, I think Nick Senzel is one of those players. And then Ian Happ, you spoke about you know what players are doing in spring training right now, who might have influenced you. And we mentioned this name the other day as well, Craig. Ian Happ is someone who's playing right now every day for the Cubs. Seems like he's going to have an everyday role with the team once the season starts as well. And you, you'll notice a theme. All these guys have prospect status, Craig, and they all you know, have been hyped up at some point. He has struggled with strikeouts. I understand that. But power and speed. Ian Happ has both of those things. Look at the ADP. He's going outside the top 300 picks right now, Craig, for me. Joe Adele, Nick Senzel, and Ian Happ are three hitters specifically that are going late in drafts that have massive, massive upside where if they hit on that upside, we could be talking about them as early-round players heading into 2021. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, you know, one of the more intriguing teams, and it's the reason why I, uh, in a really the only draft I've done so far is this Tout Wars draft and hold, honestly. I did uh, the Pitcher List mock, and now um, another draft's coming up, uh, Razball. Uh, Razball has a draft, the Raz Bowl, so I'll be in that as well. Uh, I took Nico Horner, and, and I got to tell you, there are, because of the Cubs doing nothing, Hap is like a must draft. And so is Horner, and so is David Bodie. I, I think that they're going to be players that we are not talking about emerging in that Cubs lineup, especially in the deeper leagues. I, I don't, I don't know that any of them in a 12-team league, but 15-team leagues in the NL and the auctions. I mean, someone is going to break out there. I don't know who it's going to be, but there's playing time. And again, of course, uh, you know, Addison Russell no longer being a factor there. There's some playing time at short, and Zobris not there, so there's some playing time at second. They really didn't do that much to upgrade anything offensively. So this is probably Hap's last shot, I would think, also with the Cubs. If not, maybe in July they would move him somewhere else. I don't know if he's part of the present, the future, or whatever. Uh, but they certainly weren't going to sell him low. And right now his fantasy value is at an all-time low as well. All right, so uh, here are the three players that I have outside of the ADP that I'm potentially going to be targeting uh, starting March, which no doubt is, is draft season time. Uh, at the University of Florida, A.J. Puck was one of the most dominant players in their history, and we've completely forgotten about how good he was and how high he was drafted because when a pitcher almost immediately, Frank, uh, has Tommy John surgery, we forget about them. The same could be said for uh, Brent Honeywell, who I think is a little bit uh, behind Puck. But when that happens and, and pitchers are just gone for a year, it's like, ah, oh, they're off the reality map, they're off the fantasy map, but Puck is back. And he's going to be in their rotation. He's probably going to make 20 starts for them this season. And his stuff is filthy. It's dominant. A lot of people look at him as a very light, let's not throw the comp of Randy Johnson, the Hall of Famer, on puck. But look, I mean, there is some similarity there. The hair is there. And you saw earlier in the spring, Randy Johnson visited with uh, A.J. Puck in Oakland, too. So uh, an interesting name for me there. 
Another one is Aaron Savali, and I understand that, look, at the end of the season, if Savali makes 25 starts, he's not going to get 150 strikeouts. This is probably going to be a very low strikeout guy. But let's be honest, there's volume there, and there's so much, uh, so many good things to be said for the Indians pitching staff. It almost feels like whoever they call up and they start ends up having a good season. Maybe Savali is more of like a Kyle Hendricks type pitcher with a lot of volume. You get those 140, 150 strikeouts. But uh, wins could be hard to come by, but he is someone that I would think that could be an SP4 in a uh, in a 15-team or a 12-team or maybe even an SP5. And then I got to tell you, the, the third one, and this is being influenced for sure from some of the reports, Frank, in Arizona, but uh, this guy, Shogo Akiyama, looks like the real deal in Cincinnati. Um, looks like some steals, looks like some runs, batting at the top of the lineup. The splits uh, coming from Japan were really good as well. But they have said that this kid is ready to play with the Reds this season and ready right now. So a little bit of uncertainty for sure, but he is someone, no doubt, that is outside of the ADP that we're discussing. And for the primary reason that, we have no idea. We've never seen him play. I would not let that be a deterrent, a deterrent, excuse me, at the point that we're talking about drafting him. You're not taking this guy anywhere in the first three or four rounds. Then all of a sudden, yeah, you may reach up a couple of extra rounds, but what is the risk there? Uh, outfielder three in a fantasy league, outfielder four, why not take the shot on Shogo? So I think I'm going to go down that road uh, more than Tampa Bay's guy as well. So uh, Puck, Savali, and Akiyama are the three for me. Yeah, I like those names a lot too. And you threw out the uh, the Randy Johnson comp. Let's not forget AJ Puck is six foot seven. So I think that's part of the reason why he gets compared to him as well. Throwing about ninety five to ninety seven right. miles per hour uh, in spring right now is AJ Puck. And I like the Akiyama call as well. I mean, it kind of fits into the Nick Senzel call. I mean, obviously we have to see what playing time is going to be in the outfield for Cincinnati. It seems like Nick Castellanos and Akiyama have penciled in right. jobs right now. We got to figure out what right field is going to look like whether or not it's Aquino, whether it's Jesse Winker, uh, whether it is a Nick Senzel once he gets healthy for the Cincinnati Reds. But Akiyama really liked that call. Played nine seasons in Japan, uh, 301 batting average, a 376 OBP. He has a good eye at the plate, Craig. So if you're playing OBP formats as a lot well. Of the, a lot of them do. Yeah, Akiyama. Yeah. When they come over from Asia, a lot of them have good OBPs, yeah. um, you know, because that's just what they're taught. You know, I mean, Shinsu Chu's OBP through the years has been very good as well. Um, you can't make a blanket assessment, but it seems like a lot of the players who come over from Asia always tend to get on base more. Yeah, for sure. Good eye at the plate is Akiyama. Good control of the strike zone. Uh, and little power-speed combination. Three straight seasons over 20 home runs. Five straight seasons over 12 stolen bases, Craig. Yep. Coming up next, it's time for a sports grid update, and then we'll get into some pitchers with some better or worse velo in the early part of spring training and also give you some tips on my labor mixed league draft. Don't go away. Hour two is next. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.